Brought to you by the Center for the Arts of Greater Lapeer. The PIX podcast showcases the best of the PIX Theater and Gallery 194's featured artists, musicians, and entertainers. We are the Center for All Things Art and Entertainment in Greater Lapeer. Here's your host, Jill Lynn Lyons. Welcome to the Picks Podcast. Our guest today is Rick Rock. Rick is with Simply Queen, who will be playing at the Picks on November. Hmm, I've got to look that up. Fifth. I think fifth, November fifth, Saturday, seven thirty. Tickets are going very well. Thank you so much, Rick, for talking with us today. Sure, um, absolutely. A little behind the scenes knowledge of Simply Queen. And how, when did your, when did you start playing music? When I was like eight years old, my dad bought me a guitar and got involved with that. Got a little more serious when I was 10 and little garage bands when I was 12 or 13. Great. So did you just continue through high school, start forming your own bands? Yeah, high school. Yep. And through high school, we did concerts and stuff and played mainly classic rock, stuff like that. I also played you know, and weddings and banquets too, and, and stuff like that, you know, and just learn your chops, learn your craft. And I was mainly a guitar player. And then someone had to sing. So, you know, okay, elected, I'll start singing. So I started singing and doing that thing. And it just formed into more and more things. And ironically, that was in the 70s. And, and in Queen, I discovered Queen when I was in high school and first couple albums and was really, really impressed what they were doing in the studio. You know, like took over the Beatles and and bands like, yes, they just, it was intricate recording and overdubs of of vocals and different guitars and stuff and and changes in songs. It wasn't just a simple, simple songs. They do have some simple songs too, but I was intrigued by the production of what they were doing in the studio first. Yeah. Then I saw them live, I think in 1975 in Detroit and I was totally impressed. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been awesome. At the Masonic Temple, they were, yeah. Like, you could tell they weren't just playing music. They, they had a show. They were, you know, everything was was organized exactly. There's set less than that. And today, the band Simply Queen is stealing some of that, that early, those early sets and stuff that they were doing. And how they, they jump from one song to another, little medleys and that. In order to get all the songs for Queen, we do two or three different medleys. We throw in some songs together type thing and work them out, just like Queen has done. Yeah. Freddie Mercury kind of added the theatricality, not only in his stage presence, but also, like you said, in the way that they organized their concerts. But I never had the advantage of seeing them live. Did that come through as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was into the arts and that, you know, and he was designing clothes and and he was always theatrical. And one of his idols is Liza Minnelli. That a lot of people don't know. So watching Liza Minnelli in films and stuff in that and live, he saw all her gestures and all her over-exaggerations on stage and he carried that on. Yeah. So then did you do the same? Did you just copy Freddie or did you also go back and look at Liza as well? When I did find out about the Liza thing, yes, and that and and that type of thing. So I've always even when I was young, when I was old enough, actually, to get to Vegas, I went with my father a couple of times and, and mother after and and friends. And I kept going to Vegas to see the shows, because if you want to see the best, 
you know, you could be a juggler, they're the best in the world or one of the best in the world. No matter what, the entertainment, I always took the opportunity wherever I was to see, you know, the best of the best, you know, and you pick up on things, you know, and I just picked up on a lot of the of the things that Freddie was doing live. I had the half mic stand in the late 70s with my band, not all night, but I did use it like Freddie in that. You know, and I had a, a white tux with long tails and I was doing some crazy things like that for special shows. So you pick up things, you know, and and because, you know, there's some shows or some situations where you're you're playing music and there's no need to do any theatrics. You know, you're just performing yeah. the music for people. But the Queen thing is a little more than that, you know. So I think that's what really has captured people, you know. And, yeah. I think so. I know the Beatles, when they came out with Sgt. Peppers, that was earth shattering to the industry. And I kind of feel like Queen just knocked that up a level because they took it from the studio to the stage, which the Beatles weren't able to do. And with, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody really pushing that. Absolutely. And the video of Bohemian Rhapsody I was following Queen a couple of years before that, and they finally broke North America with Killer Queen, the song Killer Queen. I just loved everything about that's one of my favorite songs of all time because there's everything, all the elements of of Queen and Freddie in that song and Brian May's harmony guitars and different things and the thunderous drums and, and just the bass. The bass runs are just amazing. Two people don't realize the other guys in the band are absolutely amazing musicians. But that video of of Queen with Bohemian Rhapsody was, and they used a lot of, of haze and fog and stuff like that back then. And the way he dressed, you know, and they were in, I think they were in, in I forget what type of clothing and stuff like that. But but it was it was more like glamour rock, you know. So the satins and stuff. I mean, but I'm not sure if it was satins, but I think they wore some satins. And a lot of bands back then were were dressing up like that. The I think they were part of the glamour rock, like Mata Hoople and Bowie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and some leather too. I think they had. Oh, yes, yeah, lots of leather. So yeah. I think they were part of that clique in England with the glamour rock thing. And that, and then it just got more and more popular in North America and around the world. And so when was Simply Queen born? I was playing with some guys around town here and I kept getting encouraged to, hey, why don't you do you know, a, a queen tribute because tributes started really catching on and the rest of the world, you know, tributes were really, were really happening around the world, but not North America. We just shunned it. It, it was like trip. Maybe Elvis got a buy. Elvis was the first really big tribute that worldwide was being recognized. I mean, even if the performer wasn't great and, you know, he didn't do Elvis great people surrounded around other people that loved Elvis music. So, and if, if the performer was good, then that was a bonus, but they love being famous. I do the analogy of like NASCAR racing and people that love racing. A lot of people don't even care who wins. They just go because they love race and being around people and talking and mingling with people who love the same thing. I think that's what's happening with the tribute acts, especially what's happened in North America in the last 10, 15 years. Even if the artists are still around touring, people are starting to enjoy because they like to be around the crowds of people who love that either classic music or if it's pop or whatever it is, you know, R&B or 
or blues. They want to be around people that love the same thing. And that's why all these festivals are getting so popular from the blues fest to any type of festivals out there, because people like to be around the same thing. Wine festivals, people like wine. So they're, they're going to be around people who love wine, you know? So I think that's part of it all that people don't realize. Why is it so popular? It's not just the, it's just people love to be around people who love the same thing. And that's what I, I think. So in 2010 is when I, I started with a band. We started rehearsing. It was called The Game. And it was local guys here, great musicians and great friends. But we only did about three shows in that. And it kind of broke up. It just wasn't working. And we're spending a lot of money on equipment and, and time rehearsing for over over a year, like every single week, you know, designated rehearse. And it just wasn't coming together as quickly and as good as we, you know, I felt it was anyway, and the rest of us actually too. So I got an offer invited to meet a couple guys up in Toronto that were really Queen fanatics and and they know the Queen, you know, catalog quite well. So I started working with them. That's what we started Simply Queen. And to come up with a name is kind of tough. You know, and my wife and I were kicking around different names and word simply was, you know, there was, there was all these simply type of either products or what else was there? It was a magazine called simply something. And we picked up on that and we said, why don't we just call it simply queen? And we looked at everything else and everyone agreed on simply queen. So it's evolved like that. And, and musicians come and go. And after the last, it's been about 12 years. We have the guys that's in the band right now, simply queen with me is, it's Mitch Taylor on bass guitar and vocals. And he was with me with the game. So I brought him through. And then Phil Charette on drums. And he actually was in the game also and evolved through the other guys that either moved on or whatever. And uh, and then Chuck Lambrick on, on guitar, who's local around here too. So he's a great guitar player. Everyone knows him. And he, he's another music director type of guy that just knows music inside and out. And he really picked up on that. So we have local connection here going here in the Windsor area. So we just work hard at it. Just just like anything else, you got to work hard at it. So that's where Simply Queen evolved from around 2010. And I was doing some solo, Freddie solo shows with like Legends Live, mm-hmm. where, where me and an Elvis Presley and maybe a Garth Brooks and a Madonna or Lady Gaga. And it's uh, like dinner shows. And I still do one of those here and there whenever I get asked to do that wherever, Canada, United States, the legends type thing. But the band situation and the production is a lot bigger, you know, and just it's much more enjoyable. It's a lot more work, but it's a lot, it's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think since 2010, so about 12 years. Yes. That's that's a good run. And you're still having fun. Still having fun. And actually we're getting better. We just, we've just worked on it harder. And through the last two years with all the trials and tribulations in the world, you know, we rehearsed when we can, or we sent, you know, files and stuff. And we said, let's, let's improve instead of sitting back, let's improve the show and work on the vocals more, work on just a little bit more of the show and that. And we, we did, and we get all the work also in the United States because we're certified with visas and permits you know the work in the states and and work you have to work through the union and that it's a lot of paperwork a lot of money but it's worth it to get more work so you know the united states opened up a little faster than canada actually much faster and so we started working more over there in the last couple of years so but we're working throughout canada too we've been from newfoundland all the way to bc and oh, wow. like just about every province and yeah 
in that. And and ma- many many of the United States, uh, the United States. So quite excited about that. And this is all really, you know, we were just like any other tribute band, working maybe once a month, every two months. But when that movie came out, Bohemian Rhapsody movie came out in 2018, after that, it just got that much more popular. And Queen is still getting more and more popular. And that's where now it's it's an onslaught of of inquiries about, hey, we want a Queen tribute for our for our event. It probably opened up to more generations. That too. That too. Yeah. Because I mean, I grew up with Queen, but besides another one bites the dust, there might be a lot of people that didn't know. Or I think there was a resurgence too with the Mike Myers movies. Oh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah. 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 And they used some of Bohemian Rhapsody in that. Yeah, you're right. Forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah that that helps. So there, there's been there's been some events out there and in, in, in that that has made Queen more and more popular. Yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> so yeah, that's so really exciting. I, I try. I'd love to do all the different, and that's what the movie did not really show the whole the whole Queen story. And they're, they're thinking about having a sequel, and I don't think they should. A lot of us don't think. I think, you know, sure, there was other things that went on after 1985 and that until Freddie actually passed away. And they've done some great accomplishments. But but I just think it's just too much. I mean, the movie shared some things. The movie had a lot of different timelines and things wrong. But it's it's Hollywood. It's They did the best they could, and they did a great job. You know, and Remy did a great job of Freddie. And it, it was just, it was magic the way it, it the popularity of sold over a billion, you know, it's I'm just amazing. That last scene, the live aid scene yep. that they recreated yep. is amazing. Other little flaws the movie has, that last scene is yes. just cinematic yep. history. Absolutely. Yeah, they did. Yeah, to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but you mentioned earlier how people who like the same thing like to get together and they like to hear the music live. There's nothing better there isn't. than hearing the music live. Right. And that's another thing that we key on. We're a completely live band. We're not using tracks. We're not using extra vocals or extra anything. That Everything we do, we play. Either it's on percussion or whatever. We are playing. I'm playing all the piano parts. Nothing is being masked where where we're we're adding all kinds of other tracks and stuff, and we're playing with a click track and stuff. It's all right to play with click track. I'm just saying, and some bands need to have that, and I can understand that. But when it gets too far, where the performers up there and they're not really singing, you know, and you know, three quarters of the performance is not even live. How can you say it's live? You know, so you can go too, too far. And I can understand, you know, different acts that they need the tracks and they need things just to recreate it, you know, where they're happy with it. And that's sort of the, their success. But when you go too far, I think it's we pride on, on doing our whole show live. You know, we have an introduction tape that brings us on just like Wayne did. Oh, but okay. all, our whole performance is live. You know, our vocals, everything that we do is nothing is added. We are doing everything live. Yeah. I am so excited. It's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. But we just keep working at it. We can never be. And and I talked to two or three other Freddies out there with different bands playing all over the world, actually. And we're all rooting for each other, which is great, you know. But we all know that we're not Freddie and we're not. We're trying to do the best we can. Look the best you can and perform and, and do some things. And it's that connection with the crowd. That's just great. And if people are happy, you know, for the performance and that, it's great. And 
we've been selling out just about everywhere we're going, which is which is great. So the popularity is there. So yeah. It's fantastic. Great, great fun. Yeah. And I'm Absolutely. very hopeful we'll have a sold out house for you here as well. Okay. Well, whoever's so there, they're, they're gonna they're gonna be that way. with some fun stuff and we're gonna go through the Queen catalog and certain things that they go, oh, they did that. And and maybe 20% of the of the crowd might know couple of deep cuts and stuff but that's okay but that's our little thing we added a couple of little things in there you know and that and quite exciting yeah get excited you know and we we try to get everyone singing you know if it's not that if it's not that it's something else we get i get them to connect with us singing oh yeah it's going to be a great night in the theater absolutely looking forward yeah, absolutely. to it and that's going to be november 5th that's saturday yes that's 30 at the picks we still have some tickets available and mm-hmm. you can get tickets by calling 810-664-4824 or on our website centerforthearts.org thanks so much for talking to me today rick well thank you jill thank you so much for having me yes and, and forward to seeing you in about a week absolutely get excited it's going to be a great night very excited <laughs> thank you okay cheers We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Picks Podcast. To learn more about upcoming shows and events, visit www.centerforthearts.org.